Almost every day, we hear about some toxic chemical or substance that is in our food, or in our child's toys, or in the shampoo we use. It's alarming, and it's difficult to keep up with the information or to make informed choices about what products to buy, what toys are safe, and what shampoo can I use without getting poisons on my head. Welcome to Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. There's a place you can go to find products that have been certified as safe. It's called Made Safe, a nonprofit organization that provides certification for non-toxic products, from baby to personal care to household cleaners and more. Their ultimate goal is to change the way products are made by eliminating the use of toxic chemicals altogether. Amy Ziff is the founder and executive director of Made Safe, and she's here to tell us why she started Made Safe and what they do. We work to educate consumers on the chemical cost of the things that we use each and every day. I like to say that you know, chemicals are the uninvited guests to our home and you can't always see them, smell them or taste them, but believe me, they're there. And we should be aware of what they're doing when they're in all of these things that we use because we actually spend our hard earned dollars on these things. And uh, we're, we're giving, you know, giving access to our bodies and our homes, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the things we use each and every day on a daily basis, giving these chemicals access to all of that and do we want to be maybe we should be asking those questions so our advocacy helps people learn about what they are where they're found how to potentially avoid them and why they might want to and then the second piece of what we do at made safe is actually work with companies to educate them about the kinds of ingredients they are using by using scientific data to articulate and elaborate on the chemical cost of what they're using to to put in their products because sometimes companies don't know just like we don't know what's in products oftentimes they don't know or haven't had um, a mechanism to rate or rank or really evaluate the things that go into the processes that they're using and you know Sometimes they're told by their manufacturers, oh, everybody does this. Everybody in the green space does this. This is normal. But that doesn't make it right or good or healthy or good for the environment, um, you know. And, and so you have to do the analysis in order to set um, an understanding of what you're using in your products and then determine you know determine whether or not you want to use those going forward or give yourself a reason you know your company to make a change but without doing the work you wouldn't so that's what we help companies with and we provide the made safe certification as an emblem for companies that have done all of that work reviewing every single ingredient that they are using in a product, the processes that they are using to make a product. And if at the end of all of that, everything is found to be 
what we call ecosystem friendly, meaning it's not harmful to humans. It's not harmful to the environment by looking at soil, sediment, air, water, uh, toxicity. It's not harmful to aquatic life or terrestrial life. So all of kind of the trees and the animals and, and everything else. If it doesn't harm all of those things, then we consider that a made safe ingredient. And if all the ingredients within a product pass, then we consider that something that can be certified and carried the made safe seal. It is and it is hard, it is prohibitive, it is um, best in class, not just best in class, but the best, most rigorous scientific certification program we've found in the world. You have a personal childhood story that relates to what you do now, uh, which I heard you talk about in your TED Talk. Can you tell us about that? When I was a little girl, I was nine, and um, I developed um, some shaking, and I could no longer hold my pencil steady at school, um, was one of the affectations of this kind of shakes that I was experiencing. Um, they were oftentimes accompanied with uh, migraine headaches that had started, and those would just sort of seize me at, you know, inexplicable seeming moments. And um, I would be just knocked out by them, just flattened and um, and it would take hours and hours to kind of to recover. And um, my mom didn't know what was going on. And uh, today, what I would be diagnosed with would probably be related to like a pans pandas condition, which is not necessarily super common now, but at least a bit more understood. And back then, um, the doctors called it Sydenham's Korea, which was uh, known um, progressive neurologic debilitative condition. And they told my mom that I was going to die and uh, prematurely and that she needed to prepare. And um, my mom just flat out rejected that notion and took me from doctor to doctor to doctor until we got a different prognosis. And we landed in an allergist's office and that allergist basically, you know, with my mom saved my life. Um, they put me uh, you know, did all this allergy testing and had me keep a food diary. And it turned out that I was uncommonly allergic to my surroundings, to my diet and to like my pets. And all of that aggravation uh, was contributing to my condition. So once we stripped out the things that were, you know, most um, overwhelming, I was able to shed the issues, the disease, and, you know, resume being a normal fourth grader. Um, and it taught me so much about the fact that, one, we're incredibly powerful when it comes to our own health and well-being. Two, everybody needs an advocate, whether you're going to be your own self-advocate or someone else to help you, you know, do that. And three, if you can you know, change your surroundings or if you can change for, for some people, it's different, but um, if you can understand what the triggers are, you can really change your health quotient. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Amy Ziff. She's the founder and executive director of an organization called Made Safe 
and, and also in your TED Talk, you state that many health problems and diseases are caused by toxic environments and products. Uh, talk about, can you tell us about that? You know, there's all kinds of data and statistics on this. Um, approximately 9 million people die annually around the world from um, environmentally induced diseases or conditions. And um, I'd just like to imagine what it might be like if we were to remedy some of those things that that led to the diseases. And, you know, what we know is that when it comes to epigenetics, and let me take a moment to step back because right. those are some big terms, but epigenetics is basically this concept that we are not a sum total of our DNA, but we have um, maybe pointers towards certain diseases or certain conditions. And the environment, I've heard this described as like, imagine it like a loaded gun. The environment can be what pulls the trigger. So meaning our epigenetics are, in this case, the things that are the possible things we can adjust to make it so that we don't prime ourselves towards that likely outcome or potential outcome or possible outcome and instead point us towards something else. So when we see diseases or conditions linked to certain chemical exposures, if we can reduce or remove those exposures, well, then we can reduce or remove the likelihood of that disease happening. And I think that's incredibly powerful. So the chemistries I'm talking about are the plastics, the high-risk pesticides, um, the PFAS or forever chemicals that are described as, you know, um, chemicals that will never break down, uh, that are also known as the per and polyfluoroalkyl chemistries, uh, the synthetic flame retardant. We live in a society where we are churning out chemicals at such a rate and bringing them into our environments in ways that we've never, our bodies have never before encountered. And we are changing our surroundings faster than the pace of evolution. And the problem with that is that our bodies are now, you know, experiencing chemical uh, exposure every minute of every day in ways they never knew before. And that can overwhelm a system. When you overwhelm a system, that's when you can see sickness or disease. And so my simple premise is let's reduce these chemicals. We know many of them are associated with harm. And, you know, to break it down, those harms are things like cancers of all kinds, um, infertility or other fertility issues, um, you know, neurologic disorders, everything from ADD uh, to Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. I mean, we're talking about major chronic conditions that impact all of us as humans. You may wonder how Made Safe determines what chemicals are toxic and what effects they have on humans, on other animals, on aquatic life, on our water supply, or in our atmosphere, among other things. 
MadeSafe has compiled a list of toxic substances found in the large variety of products we buy and use every day, like clothing, household goods, personal care and baby products, pet products. Their list of 6,500 toxic substances is drawn from multiple research studies and from reliable sources from the U.S. and other countries. All these sources are shown on the MadeSafe website. The products they certify as safe do not contain those substances. The banned list is, is just a starting point for us. It's a list of 6,500 uh, of the most harmful chemicals and um, the most studied. And so those are the things that we say, all right, we don't think these belong in products, certainly not the things we're using each and every day. And so we're going to start there by saying if a product contains something on our band list, it's not permitted. Anything associated with cancer would be on that list. Um, but I think one of the things people don't realize because they think that chemicals are regulated in this country and they're really not, um, not in any major way. Uh, chemicals are made and added into use. There are over 85,000 in use today. About 700 um, is estimated by the EPA to be added annually into that count. Um, there's no great way of counting, so there might be vastly more than the 85,000 um, in use today. And the companies that are using these chemicals and bringing them to market get to do the research um, and say whether or not they are good, safe, fine. And the problem I see with that is that we have a lot of corporations with a lot to gain financially and otherwise, um, grading their own homework. And that's a little scary. So we use these other lists as a mechanism to say, okay, if outside of the US, the EU, for example, is doing a better job of restricting and taking a look at and evaluating chemicals, let's at least look at what they're doing. So we use the EU reach list, the um, SIN list uh, is another one in Europe that's gathered. We look at Health Canada and look at their list is, is in there as well. We also look at the OSHA list, you know, which is looking at workers and worker health. Um, we look at endocrine disruption, and there are a couple of different lists we use for that. We look at a lot of other NGOs who've gathered lists, and sometimes in a specific area. So, for example, we have um, a high-risk pesticide list that we use from from uh, an organization that specializes in tracking pesticides. Um, which tend to be persistent pollutants, um, you know, and and the CDC's uh, got a, a chemical list. Anyway, it goes on and on. So that's kind of how we got to the 6,500. And to give some context to our 6,500 band list, that is nearly five times the number that's restricted currently in the EU in Europe. So it's even bigger than that. Um, and that's by design, right? We want to say we think companies can and should do better. And we're going to be the most prohibitive that is possible. And then we're going to build from there. Because Made Safe is not about certifying the world. Made Safe is about showing what's possible to change the way products are made for a safe and sustainable future for 
every being on this earth. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan with my guest, Amy Ziff. She's founder and executive director of Made Safe. Your approach in determining what chemical substances are safe is a hazard-based approach rather than a risk-based approach. How are those two approaches different, and uh, why do you use the hazard-based one? What is most common is a risk-based approach where you say, how much risk is it and how much can we stand? Um, So you start looking at that and you say, well, let's let's take something that's poisonous. We know if you are exposed to this chemical, you will die, let's say. But how, how much of it does it take to, till you die? This is a toxicological approach um, that is, is commonly put into practice in, in all kinds of products that we use. So they say, all right, well, let's half that. If that's not killing you, great, let's maybe half it again. And then that's like a tolerable dose per t- potentially. Um, and so you, you would be, as a company, able to use that ingredient at this dose that's been deemed to be not, not toxic. It's not killing you. Doesn't mean it's great for you, right? Well, in a hazard-based approach, instead of looking at mitigating that risk, so to speak, it just says, this is a hazard, we're going to avoid it. And... So that's what made safe is modeled after. If this is a hazard, it cannot be the best possible solution. So we want to push companies towards, you know, doing more R&D in order to get at a better solution. And so we use what's known as the precautionary principle in conjunction with that approach to say, if we don't know, we will also presume that it's problematic, presume this chemical or constituent harmful until research can actually prove that it's innocent. And that might sound really obvious and like, of course, that's just smart. However, that is not the way business is done today. That is not the way chemicals are thought of made, put onto store shelves <laughs> at all. That is radical for the way things are done today. Instead, we live in a chemicals first, consequences second society. And that is the reason why we have horrible pollution problems with like the perfluorinated chemistries that I was mentioning. You know, These are chemistries that industry brought forward. They made these bonds that are virtually indestructible. And so why they're called forever chemicals is because we can't break them apart, but we can't break them apart and break them down in our environment. They will last a glacial age. They will outlive us. And we don't know what that does in our bodies. And and so a hazard-based and precautionary approach says, hey, We don't know enough about those things, so you should not be using them in everyday commerce. That's not okay. And we need more governments and legislators and nations around the world to use and adopt this practice so that 
we can get to a much more thoughtful way of, you know, designing chemicals and considering them safe. It's not just the one chemical that you may be ingesting either, you know, though products, uh, products you're eating or putting on your face or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's a combination of all these different things that we don't know how they interact with each other and what they what they do. Exactly. Exactly. So that is why we say let's take a hazard based approach, because if we're using risk, I don't know, you know, how many times you're exposed to that ingredient or chemical. And if it does have the potential to really do harm, what happens if you know, I don't know how to titrate that. And you're using that in your toothpaste, your mouthwash, your laundry, your dish. So, you know what I mean? Like, how do we know? Some are on the skin, some are directly uh, having access to your bloodstream. Like, we, there's no way to calculate that. So it's much safer to just say, let's, let's, let's pull this back. Let's be more precautionary. Um, and not do that. And then the other issue is nobody's studying what happens with these chemicals in combination with others. Not nobody. That's unfair. Some people are doing it, but not for every single combination, (laughs) you know? And so it's like, we don't know enough about these, these certain chemicals um, to use them so widely. But because They are oftentimes what I call performance chemicals, you know, and we don't, we don't see, taste or smell them. They just end up in our stuff and we might really love the way they perform. You know, plastic is a great example. How easy has plastic made certain things? It, it proliferated so quickly because of its very function. And yet that function is so harmful. A single plastic baggie getting made will last longer than we will on this earth. How long are you using that for? You know, if my kid takes a lunch in a plastic baggie today and tomorrow and the next day, and those bags will outlive my child, that seems crazy to me. Plus they leach chemical, you know, it isn't just the environmental harm. They leach chemicals into, you know, into that little food sandwich or whatnot. So um, we just have to be more thoughtful, and that's going to take a collective effort. So you mentioned a couple of products like shampoo or toothpaste. Uh, are those things we should be looking at carefully? Uh, I mean, give us an idea of what kinds of things we're being exposed to. Uh, what do we, you know, what kind of chemicals we're being exposed to? Okay. How long do we have here? <laughs> um, so just to give some context, made safe. Uh, has certified over 3,500 products in a wide array of categories of household goods, everything from mattresses and bedding to um, bath, body, laundry, cleaning, you know, all pet, all kinds of products. And when you say, should we be concerned with them? Yes. I think so. And I think all of them is the answer. And I invite anyone who's curious about that to, you know, go to madesafe.org, look at our, what we call our kind of catalog of 
of um, products and companies and get to know some options because the easiest thing to do is buy whatever it is you need next in a lower tox version. So if you, you know, we all buy laundry detergent many times a year, the next time you need to, you know, do a refill, consider one that is better for you and better for the environment. Everybody wins on that. Um, and there are several at Made Safe. And, you know, one of the reasons why, I'll give some examples, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about that is, you know, laundry is something that is considered direct down the drain product. So that means, you know, from your laundry machine out into the waterways, out into our sewer system, and ultimately ending up in our oceans, right? And there's a wastewater treatment plant, but that doesn't treat chemicals of harm. That is to to work on bacteria and other issues. And so it's really important that people understand there's chemicals in your laundry detergent, um, particularly things known as ethoxylated chemicals. Again, a long, hard to say and spell term, but the crux of it is, is ethoxylation is a process done to some of these surfactants that are being used in products to make them lather or suds and whatnot. Um, and they can be contaminated by something called 1,4-dioxane, and that is a carcinogen. And um, even if it feels like, well, if it's contaminated, how much is that in my product? This is where we start to get to the hazard and risk issue, right? Well, maybe it's not such a big deal because it's in your laundry detergent and that gets washed down the drain, but now it's in the water you drink. How does it get filtered out? It doesn't. It doesn't. And if everybody, your neighbor and your, you know, neighbor's neighbor and all of those people are using laundry detergent with oxalated ingredients. And by the way, it isn't just laundry detergent. It's also their dishwashing ingredients and all of these direct down the drain things. Maybe it's in their shampoo. Maybe it's in their conditioner. All of that going down the drain, all of that potentially carcinogenic material landing in our waterways without any way of being filtered. And we wonder why we have cancer rates in this country that will impact one in every two men in their lifetime and one in every three women. What are we waiting for to act? Let's get those chemicals out. It's just common sense. Amy Ziff has two simple things we can do to cut down on our exposure to chemicals. Open your windows um, on a daily basis, even in the winter. Get 10 minutes, especially before bedtime, of fresh air in your bedroom and in your other rooms. It's a great way to reduce the number of what's called VOCs or volatile organic compounds in your home. Again, it's free, costs nothing, but our indoor air is um, a pressing national concern and oftentimes more polluted than outside air. So change up the air in your environment just by opening windows to take off your shoes at the door don't carry toxins in a lot of us you know will walk across a yard or street and bring in all kinds of chemicals don't track those in through the rest you know through through the rest of your home (laughs) 
In our next program, we'll hear more from Amy Ziff on chemicals in preservatives and fragrances that can be harmful. And she'll describe the rigorous process companies go through to have their products be certified on the Made Safe website as non-toxic. The website is madesafe.org. And that's all for now. Thanks so much to our guest, Amy Ziff, founder and executive director of Made Safe. And thanks so much to you for listening. Our website is mothering-earth.com. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. The views and opinions expressed on Mothering Earth do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of this station.